to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 237 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd, and this week's show is once again brought to you by Manscaped. I'll get to their read here in just a little bit. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Oh, We've added another winner to the list. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that in a little bit. Guys, I am pumped for tonight's show, and I'm going to tell you why I'm pumped for tonight's show, and that's because I am so excited to drop in the Matt Tift interview here in a few minutes. So I talked to Matt Tift yesterday. We recorded on Monday, and I'm going to tell you, Matt's been a good friend of the show. Like Matt's one of those few people like in the garage, in the media center, if I see him, like he takes a few minutes to come over and say hi, and, and we we shoot the crap about Michigan football, and he pokes fun at me about that, and it's very welcome. Like, Matt, somebody that I've gotten to know over the years, which is so cool, and it's been a minute since Matt's been on the show, and so we literally had a 30-minute sit-down, basically, just catching up and talking about his new venture uh, with Live Fast Racing, which is incredible. And I am so excited for you guys to get to hear uh, the backstory about what went into all of that. And it's incredible. I had so much fun talking to him about it. And I know you guys are going to love this interview. So I'm Jack to get this on for you guys here. Um but, hey, I mean, the weekend. I told you guys last weekend was, like, the most boringest weekend I've had in a long time. Uh, this past weekend was was kicked up a small notch, not too much. Um, they are making headway on the deck. Uh, so I don't... I don't even remember how much I've, I said about this. So we had a, a wood deck uh, on the back of the house, and um, it... it some boards were rotting and whatever and last year i think you guys may remember i mentioned we had like this carpenter bee issue and so i'm like this thing's gotta go so they uh we, we found some guys and uh they're putting in a new track stack for us which is awesome and it looks so badass and so they started last week tore out the top there the foundation uh is good still from the old wood deck which is great and they are making headway and unfortunately uh we're supposed to get some rain over the next couple days which might slow things down but you know so when the deck's not serviceable that means i can't grill that means i can't be smoking meat you know so that takes away from my weekend a little bit so i uh i've been dying to cook something because like the weekends is when i you know take over the kitchen so to speak so sunday i was like screw it i'm making a sauce I didn't have any left in the freezer, and it's un-Italian uh, to not have sauce stored in a freezer. So that happened Sunday. Uh, Friday, a uh, friend of Lindsay's came over. We went to dinner with her and the neighbors. It was fun. Uh, so a little bit more entertaining, and and that that's a good thing. Uh, cannot wait to get back on the golf course. It feels like a couple weeks have gone by since I've been able to golf with this weather up here. Who knows? Maybe that'll happen this weekend. It's supposed to be... L- low 60s i think uh I'll, I'll i'll make sure to get the 411 from studwell here um listen hey hope you guys enjoyed a last week's show with mike bagley from mrn he made his debut last week which was awesome um and so i got to talk about jayski for a minute here so this week technically would have been a, another jayski uh dustin albino bonus show and i i text him over the weekend i'm like hey 
what if we we create a little bit of a build here? You know, Dustin is a huge Xfinity guy. Uh, you know, kind of like I am with Truck, only I don't get paid to write and talk about it. Uh, but uh, you know, he's a big Xfinity series guy, and you know, you you can hear his excitement and all that. So. What I thought we would do is, is our next bonus show is going to be a couple weeks from now, uh, and it's going to be after the last Dash for Cash event in the Xfinity Series after Dover. Dustin's also thinking he might be at Dover. So I thought that would be a huge bonus show where we will devote the main theme of our next J-Ski bonus show to the Dash for Cash and the Xfinity Series. So a couple weeks and, and we'll have another installment there, and I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll put together some some input to get from you guys over the next couple weeks, and I think that will be awesome. So uh, stay tuned for that. What's coming up tonight? Well, I've already teased uh, the Matt Tift chat that I'm going to drop in here in just a minute. Uh, got your Talladega recap and Xfinity Cup, all that good stuff. Social media shout-outs. Uh, picked up a bunch of new followers this weekend getting so close to that giveaway. Uh, Studwell will be on a little later and some Lucky Dog and Fantasy. Oh, man am I excited to talk some traffic fantasy. Oh, I wonder why. But before we get to all of that, the flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped. You can uh, trim everything safely, efficiently. Talking about ball trimmers, guys. Yes, let, let's let's beat, let's stop beating around the bush. And let's talk about the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. And they've got an exclusive offer for the Lap Traffic Podcast listeners. Use code LAPPED, L-A-P-P-E-D. Get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They're here to make sure everything's trimmed, smelling nice. Uh, you know, they sent me that initial uh, promo package, uh, you know, a couple weeks, month, two ago, whatever it was. Uh, and, and when they signed back on, they sent me their cologne and a couple other things. I'm telling you guys, their products are incredible. Like, you know, I, I never thought I'd ever get to the point of where a company was sending me stuff to test out to do a live read on. And I'm telling you, you guys won't be disappointed in the Manscaped products. So go to manscaped.com, use code LAPT, get 20% off and free shipping. Tell your friends. Okay. Wow. Seven minutes. Sorry about that. Okay. Let's get Matt Tift on the line. All right. Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his sixth appearance on the Lap Traffic Podcast. He's raced in all three national touring series for NASCAR. He is now a NASCAR Cup owner. He's a big fan of the school down south. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast. Matt Tift, what's going on, brother? I think you've had me on too many times. It's probably a mistake on your guys' end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, let's check this out. So you were last on on uh, Season 3, Episode 147. Tonight is Season 5, Episode 237. So um, we can't let another 100 shows go by before you're back on. No, I, 
I agree with that, and I'm uh, I'm probably a big reason you had another hundred shows go by is that you didn't have to interview me in there, and probably kept the ratings up by not having me on here. So nice. that's probably smart planning. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, listen, a lot's gone on over the last hundred shows with you. So let let's start with the health side of things, uh, because when you had to make the announcement that you weren't going to be able to drive, I was like, this can't be the last we're going to hear from Matt Tiff. So how are you feeling? How's all the how's the health side and all that of, of things going? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm doing great. Luckily, um, I'm sitting here two weeks away from being able to to drive. So uh, fingers crossed here, um, you know, six months free of uh, of seizures to, awesome. to get back into a streetcar, which is uh, the first time since uh, Martinsville in uh, 2019. So that's that's kind of crazy to think about in itself um, for driving a streetcar. Yeah. Um, so. You know, things have been really good. Um, things have taken a, a turn for the better there, and hopefully it stays the same. Um, you know, it, it's a battle. You, uh, you fight with treatments and lifestyle and stuff like that that you got to figure out. And um, I've had to do a lot of learning um, in that. So, you know, one big part for me was coming out with the um, diagnosis, and people knew I had the seizure and stuff like that before. But um, really opening up and saying um, that I had epilepsy it took me – um, you know, I was diagnosed with it in January of 2020 okay. and, um, I did not announce it until January of 21. So it was a long time that it took me to accept it. And then really, um, Thanksgiving ish, like Halloween, um, Thanksgiving ish when we get to 21 or I'm sorry to, um, get to 2020, I started talking about it a little bit more openly with friends and close family and stuff like that, just to kind of say, like, yeah, I do have epilepsy. Because they kept on asking, you know, when are you getting back getting a race car? What sure. are you doing? Um, because at the same time as the team, and so all this stuff was coming out, and I felt like, hey, I finally do have an identity back in NASCAR, and we can get into that more later if you want. But, sure. um, you know, I think the when I had that, that little bit of a feeling that I was going to be back into racing, um, I felt like, okay, I can kind of open um, open back up about what has been going on. And I still didn't announce it until January because I was just so scared of announcing it. And I think a lot of people have that too with epilepsy. I mean, um, you look up and down of the, the celebrities and athletes who have it, um, there's a lot. And it's not very much talked about because it's really scary because – it is a very terrifying um, disease, but it's also an invisible disease. And so one thing that happens with it is, you know, I'm no different um, than the Matt Tiff that was when I was driving, um, but people people look at you different with that. And so that's a big thing. It's like I'm still myself. You know, I haven't sure. changed. Um, we go to these racetracks, and I put down my notes just like I'm the driver to help out, whether it's BJ or another driver we have in the car. And, like, I'm doing all the same prep work. I'm doing the sponsor work, obviously, um, with the team. But – um, you know, I'm still the same guy, but I just, you know, there's been well, 14 minutes in my life of convulsing that's, uh, that's totally changed my life. So, um, that's a, that's a weird, weird deal, um, with it because you get labeled into it and really it's like, well, I'm still the same guy. And that's, uh, that's, that's one big misconception about epilepsy. It's like, you're not, some people have them every day, but some people like myself are fortunate to not have them as often. So, you know, it's just a, um, it's a life changing deal, but at the same time, I think I want to spread the awareness of, um, what you do to help people, um, you know, the epilepsy foundation to go, um, see when someone is having a seizure and what to do with them. Um, but then also that we're still people, man. I mean, it's, it's still the same. It's an electrical shortage and outlet that goes out, but it's not, um, you know, it's not like you're talking to a monster at all. Sure. No, God, no, no. Well, listen, man, that is, it, that's a crazy story. And, uh, I'm so glad that you're doing 
better. And, you know, that's crazy. Like, you to put it in perspective, like, you know, this, like, short little blip on the timeline is kind of just thrown things into a whirlwind for you. But, uh, yeah. you know, that that's 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 the crazy thing for me when I hear a story like that. And it, it's awesome that you're you're here with us, uh, you know, physical presence and from the sports side of things as well. And uh, yeah, no, we're definitely going to get into that kind of stuff. Um, but before we do uh, another stellar season by the Buckeyes making it to national championship game. Uh, I mean, Alabama's just in a league all on their own, but uh, you know, you guys are just the Kings of the big 10. I'll say it. I'll say it. You know, we couldn't even play you guys. As for, you know, I, I still wonder what we yeah. really going y'all, y'all on quit. back there. You, oh. that, was, that was a smart decision. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? I will say about that. I am shocked that they kept Harbaugh there. Me I mean, too. I was beyond shocked. I was, I was beyond, I'm like, I wanted it to work. I really did. I'm like, all right, here we got a guy coming from that played at Michigan, a success in, in yeah. San Francisco in the NFL. Like it was, how is this not going to work? And it hasn't. And it's just like, at this point, it's, it's just mediocrity. And you know, I, well, what's strange about that to me is I understood the first three years or so, because you're, um, you get a lot of prospects, you're bringing in people to the school, right? Sure. And um, over time, you'd think that would be his strong suit is getting people in, um, scouting talent, doing those sorts of things. But continually, each year, they get worse. And yeah. that means that you're scouting worse and worse and worse. And the guy that had that program, um, you know, is kind of responsible for that, in my opinion, because, you know, you want to play with, um, you know, before being Urban Meyer, you want to go play with him. You know, for for Michigan, um, it's obviously been bad for a while um, against Ohio State, but. I mean, In general, otherwise, it's been bad. <laughs> right. But I mean, but it's still, it's been at least close or they've been a good uh, Big Ten team otherwise. And so that's why it's so weird to me um, when you see somebody getting worse and worse and worse each and every year, um, you know, COVID or no COVID, before that it was still the same trend. Yep. Um, you you got to scratch your head and go, what are we doing here? And, I'm signing him to a, a massive extension. It's like, yeah, uh, uh, well, I don't get it, but I, whatever. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, like you said, the, <laughs> you know, like that. Those first three years were pivotal because it was his name recognition alone was going to bring people in, and now it's like, all right, what are you going to do with all this talent? And not much is the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, completely, yeah, it baffles me. And, yep. and to be honest, though. You know, I've been a Browns fan forever, and, um, you know, you play the Steelers and you get beat up by the Steelers and stuff. And honestly, um, you know, I know for them, um, I've talked to some Steelers fans, and they're like, we, we do want the rivalry. Like, we want it to be like the Ravens and stuff, which obviously is the old Browns. Um, and they want that rivalry back. And so now you kind of have that sneaking back in in, in the yeah. NFL with the Browns being better. And, you know, it's fun. But when the, the Buckets just go beat up, like I want them to win every time, but you want it to be at least entertaining, not right. just a complete blowout every time. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's let's talk a little NASCAR, Matt. Uh, talk, talk to us about Team Live Fast, how that all came to be, and, and what it's like as a NASCAR team owner now. Yeah, you know, it, it all started um, with, uh, I hadn't been doing much, um, you know, after the um, being out of the seat and quarantine was just about to start. Um, we didn't know that yet, but right. um, <laughs> so BJ and I, we'd always have a habit of going to um, Buffalo Wild Wings and just hanging out. Normally we go for Sunday night football. Um, so a lot of people don't realize that. I guess I should start with that. So 
um, BJ started DJ McLeod. Um, he started driver coaching me when I was 12 years old. And so I went to his, um, his finish line school, um, with Michael Ozier down in, um, in uh, New Smyrna. And so BJ was the main driver coach there. And so he and I got together and right after that, that uh, first school I did, um, we started talking about doing speed weeks in his super late model program down there because he just won the World Series of Asphalt um, in New Smyrna with the super late model team. And so we talked about it and um, with some you know persuasion, we finally got him to do it because he hadn't really done that before um, very much. So we got together and um, started running some races down there. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize because they're like, where is, you know, Matt Smith and BJ McLeod on, on paper don't look like they should be together. Right. Um, you know, just from myself and him, you know, we look like we're from different worlds, but, um, you know, he's, uh, he's been a huge part of my career has been a, a big advisor of what I do, um, from step to step to step in my career and even in, in my personal life. So, um, you know, we've known each other now for, I guess a dozen years. Um, so it's been a long time. Um, and you know, he's become like a, an older brother to me, but you know, it was like that in a lot of ways. And now it's just kind of like we're friends who get to own a team, um, together. And so it's kind of funny how things have shifted because he's always like a mentor and an older brother. Well, now <laughs> being in the position we are, it's just kind of like we're on the same plane, which is really neat. So, um, you know, he controls a lot of the competition aspects at the team. Um, I do a lot of the sponsorship side and things like that. But, um, you know, he was a, a groomsman in my wedding, which a lot of people don't know either. That's so, awesome. um, yeah, so we've been together for a long time. And so, like I said, we go to Sunday Night Football um, at Buffalo Wild Wings up in Mooresville. And um, we just sit down on the, on the patio and get some wings and um, started talking about, like, hey, we should, uh, we should look at – getting it um, a charter and you know we're half-heartedly you know looking right? at this and th this is before now you got to remember this is before charters were the hot thing you know this is when michael jordan and denny hamlin were and you know th that's not even a thought sure. um the whole pandemic was not a big deal the whole george floyd um, deal that turned into the you know master stance and the confederate flag and everything and the um, all the stuff with bubba none of this has happened you gotta remember this is before any of this before the whole world changed in about two months um so we're just dreaming up this idea and so we're like yeah that would be cool um you know we get a team together could be you know something to look at for the next you know, um few years to do and um so we, uh, the pandemic happens. I get a call and he says, this is in, so that's probably February and this is in June. And of course we're still hanging out, but I get a call from him and he says, I don't want to say anything, but I think something's happening. And I said, okay. He goes, well, I'll give it a 10% chance. I knew he was talking about the charter. Sure. Um, he's like, I give it a 10% chance of happening, but let's just see where it goes. And so, um, you know, we get down the road and, um, you know, go fast racing, um, is with his partner up with Joe Falk, who we're still, uh, partnered up with on the charter side and the team side there. And, um, so Archie is looking to, um, sell his charter. And I mean, when I tell you there were a million people in that deal, there were a million people. <laughs> um, but you know, it just, um, it worked out because Joe wanted to stay in racing and we wanted to partner with somebody that had experience and know-how in the industry and, and knew the executives there. And so um, we just talked with him. And honestly, um, it was just the perfect match there. And when it came down to the end, it was a shark-feeding frenzy between ourselves. 
Oh yeah, between ourselves, Justin Marks, um, Michael Jordan, um, and Denny going together, and you know you heard talks about Floyd Mayweather and Colleague and all these people trying to get in. You know the, the three ones, the three main ones were um, the first ones listed there. So um, they're trying to buy, they're trying to get in, and we got it. We got the the paperwork in there, and we signed it during you know late summer, and we could not. And so we're watching these things go on, and I'm telling you, we got it by two days later. I don't think we would have gotten this charter. Wow. And um, so we're we're going on, but here's the deal. We can't talk about this. So <laughs> um, so we got an NDA. We can't talk about it, which is fine. And so we're not talking about anything. Um, so Michael Jordan and Denny come out with 2311 race, and the track house comes out, and we're just sitting here on a charter, on a team, and we can't hire people. We can't do this. We can't do that because we can't talk about it, um, which is completely fine because we knew we had the team, and we're just sitting here like – Wait till you guys see this. Like, right. wait till yeah, see this shit. Pretty much, like, you know, you're you're waiting for something to drop here, and uh, so it's kind of fun because we're waiting. Like, you know, you, you guys are watching all these big people come in and like wait for this, and so uh, we got to announce it, and um, it's been it's been great. Um, you know, the process of becoming an owner is so different because it's the personnel side. It's the planning side. It's the business side. And I've always loved business. I, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Uh, my parents were entrepreneurs. Um, you know, all that stuff is so interesting and so fun to me about the challenge of building a company, of doing things correctly there, of having a business plan and, and um, you know, looking at one year, two year, five year, 10 year deals, um, 30 years down the road, we want to be here still. And so coming in as the newest owners into NASCAR became um, such a cool challenge because we knew coming into this deal that we were in a weird year, right? Because when we first started talking about it, the next-gen car was planned for 2021. Right. Um, again, no pandemic, no weirdness, like nothing going on in the world. So we're planning on that if we're going to do this team. All of a sudden, that goes out the window, right? we got to go buy all the cars um, this year that are going to be obsolete for next year. And then we're going, okay, well, we need to go buy uh, go fastest cars. So we call up Archie and we need some equipment. We need all that stuff. So um, on top of that, you know, still this year, we got to buy the next gen cars and do that stuff. Um, but, you know, we're in this place of, okay, we're not, no, we're not starting um, in a position of 2311 or any of those guys. But we are planning on taking this year by year and building and building and building and building partnerships um, and having that um, the alliance with Stuart Haas Racing where we, you know, we're on the ground level, to be honest with you. But um, it's still, it's a start. It's a start with Ford Motor Company and the next gen car that's coming out. Um, it's a start on everything. But the calculated um, risks that we're taking, the calculated approach of what we do and don't do, it all makes sense because this is a deal to be here 15 to 30 years in the future to where we are able to be here for the long haul. We are committed to NASCAR as long as NASCAR is around and is it smart to be in. And so for that, you know, Live Fast Motorsports was born and, um, you know, our goal this year was to be able to run uh, around the top 30. And I think our average finish is somewhere around 29th to 30th right now. So we've been there. Um, and, you know, we just came off another top 25 finish at Talladega. And um, you look back at some of our short track runs, and, and we've had really good speed. Um, we haven't executed at some places, but, um, you know, we got to do some work in a mile and a half of the big track stuff with the 550 package. But, um, you know, things are coming together. The guys are gluing together. Uh, the chemistry is getting better there. 
there. And that's what you need for a first-year team, just minimize mistakes, grow and learn. And then when we take on this new challenge of the next-gen car, nobody in this industry knows how to take on this thing exactly. We're all going to be guessing a little sure. bit. Yeah, it's going to be so, almost an even playing field for a short period right. of time. Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, you're going to have the big teams that will grow and surpass other teams. But um, but the parity is so much better in there to where we will have a chance now to where you're not having a new group of uh, people come in together. Of course, you always have turnover. That's a, that's a part of any business. But um, we should have the same core group of people that come back, hopefully. And you say, OK, well, let's get to work. Let's go plan out what we do um, with this car. And then it becomes a deal of, all right, how do we, um, you know, instead of being 30, how do we become 25th? How, how do we become 20th? What does our trajectory look like? And then that's how you kind of plan out the next few years as this um, as this new car is, um, you know, making its birth in the sport. Absolutely, man. Wow, what a story there is, too, man. So I mean, with having to keep it hush-hush for so long, uh, you know, your turnaround to get a full team together from personnel, from crew, you know, guys at the shop. You know, did you get almost a turnkey with, with Hilaire Shop and all that? Or, you know, how did that piece, once you guys were able to actually get rolling, go? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we had to keep it so quiet that, um, you know, luckily BJ had a shop with his Xfinity team. We still share the shop there. So, luckily, it's a, it's a good space up in Mooresville, uh, big enough to be able to house both teams in there. It's a really nice shop. Um, and so, we're able to, to house both teams in there for right now. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a tough period because you can't go hire people. Um, we talked to a lot of the Go Fast guys in there, and so we have a, a few guys that came from there. Um but we have a lot of outside people that came in too. And um, for those who don't know in the racing industry, you'll have a guy in the office for a couple of weeks and then he'll find a better position somewhere. So there's constant people coming and going and coming and going. You're trying to build cars. Um, you're trying to move stuff out of storage from another race shop to your race shop. Um, at the same time, you're using their fab shops and hanging bodies and stuff. Um, so we're doing all this stuff while we're trying to go sell sponsorship to the first race. And we're sitting there and we're going, oh gosh, we're, you know, do we, um, how much do we need to um, go get to the Daytona 500? And how much, you know, what do we need to do to get to that race? And honestly, um, you know, that was where it's fun with, um, with Dave, our sales guy, Dave Marrero and myself to go and uh, just say, okay, we have to sell X amount to go get to the Daytona 500. We have to do this, have to do that. And um, we did it. We were able to do that. And we calculated everything off of um, off of worst case scenario. Sure. And luckily, we've been able to be um, we've been able to be successful with how that's gone. Um, as far as meeting our goals and exceeding them actually um, for sponsorship and for finishes and things like that. But going into a season um, with a brand new team, you just don't know. And that's the biggest thing. Um, so bringing on a, a veteran crew chief like Frankie Kerr in there, um, he's done such a good job of leading the guys of um, working with, uh, you know, a, less of a budget than we would all like to work with. Sure. But um you know, that's the that's the fun challenge of a startup in any business, whether it's racing or, um, you know, for, uh, you know, whether you're making clothes or whatever the heck it is, you make things work somehow. And we've been able to do that. And as we grow, we'll be able to expand and be able to, you know, get more funding, which buys speed, you know, money buys speed in the sport. And then it's the people who execute on it. But, um, you know, it's been a 
such a cool process of seeing it come from an idea, um, you know, talked about over some wings, uh, watching football to, uh, to, to come to today being, um, one of the 36 charters, um, in the cup series. And not only just, not just being a charter in there, because I want to make that very clear. We buy all the sets of tires every week. We have a Stuart Haas pit crew. Um, we have full fledged, we are a full fledged effort every single week out there. And, um, that's, that's the commitment that BJ and I have is to be a, you know, a, eventually an RCR or somebody or the Rouse or whoever it may be 10, 15 years down the road. Maybe the next um, deal uh, speeds that process up, but um, we're here to, uh, you know, not, not just be there, but to be able to, to go and compete. And that's our goal each and every week. No, I love that, man. So let's talk about BJ for a second. You know, this is a guy that, you know, if, if you're a casual fan, uh, the name BJ McLeod may not strike a, a, a bell with, with, with you as a casual fan. Uh, but BJ has been around a long time. He's had his Xfinity team. He's had his cup team you know he's put drivers out there to get them in front of the camera and in front of sponsors and all that kind of stuff uh you know talk about bj's role with this as as with what he brought to the table from doing this with his previous team yeah you know i think that was that was the key thing for me was bj not only our friendship but um him being in the xfinity series uh for the last five years um, but also past that, you know, he was in the truck series, um, ran uh, K&N series, um, cruise and Arca stuff, um, went back to my days in the late models. And a lot of people forget, too, my, um, mine and his first uh, truck, uh, his first truck owner start, my first truck series start as a driver, um, was at Martinsville together. So kind of weird. My, my career yeah. started, <laughs> started and ended at Martinsville and then led to both of us being owners. So I don't know. Some, some, some weird. There's some, know there's some interesting is. things there happening. Yeah, yeah that I, I, don't, I don't know what what that exactly should be called, but whatever. Yep. I'm not, that's that's too deep to go into here. <laughs> right. uh, but um, you know, he's so. Um, people, what people don't realize about BJ, you know, they see him and they see this big muscular guy who uh, doesn't fit in with the mold. Um, but what they don't know is, you know, not only on the driver's side from just being in. Um, lesser uh, fun equipment, but he's won hundreds of races down in Florida in the super late model divisions. Um, you know, he pretty much rewrote the rules of down there when you see 12, 13 year old kids racing um, in late models. The reason that they had to adjust the rules was because of BJ, because he went down there and won everything and was 13 years old. And he, um, so he was the guy that really changed the landscape of stuff down there. And so a lot of people don't know that. So the history of, of um, stock car racing and short tracks down there really was in large part of how much it changed to now was because of BJ. And so that's really cool. Um, but another part about him is he's so good with people. He's such a good leader. Um, and his, his vision and stuff of how a team should be and really just dealing with adversity um, and making making something happen out of nothing. He's so good at that. He's so good at having the plan of where things go and really just knowing um, what we're supposed to do, um, you know, from a – okay, are we going to go buy um, this spindle because it's a pound lighter or do we just keep it because we know we're only going to pick up one spot and that's going to cost, you know, X amount of dollars to do it. So he's so knowledgeable about that side. Um, that's ridiculous. Um, we we're at Martinsville and we had something happen to the um, upper control arm. 
uh, on the right front. He called it right away. <laughs> and then he comes inside um, to the garage and we fix it. And we're all just sitting there like, you know, any other driver would be something broke, something broke. BJ's like, nope, this broke. That here's broke. where it is. Here's how to fix it, you know? Um, so he's so knowledgeable at the cars because he has built a car inside and out a million times. Um, so that helps a lot too when it comes to the competition side because he can go with the um with the car chief and the crew chief there and look at what they're doing and know um how you uh, how you adjust things how you change things in there and um really it's like having another uh, another kind of mechanic overseeing things um on the payroll except he's not on the payroll which makes it a lot nicer for for us <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um well listen man so i you know, and, and this is something I want to I want to hound in on for the listeners. You know, when you talk about your goals as the team, you know, uh, top 30 uh, had a great day at Talladega 25th. That's a great day for you guys. Brought the car home in one piece like that's that's solid. Uh, looking forward through the rest of 2021, uh, you know, do you have a few tracks circled that you guys are putting in extra effort at places that, you know, you might have a better chance to maybe get a top 20, top 25? Or you guys, you know, hey, this week's Kansas, we're focused on Kansas. Yeah, you know, I think if you look at um, kind of backtracking there, um, we really look at the 750 package as our best shot to shine there because our cars do very well at those racetracks. Um, and that just came from the GoFest uh, team when they bought those third Haas cars. Um, they just did very well with them. We apply our own setups to them. But, um, you know, the, the biggest thing there has been um, when you look at Phoenix, uh, Martinsville, and Richmond, unfortunately, the results don't show the speed that we've had. Um, we've had t- easily top 25 on average speed at those places throughout the race, um, sometimes top 20 we have just not completely executed at those tracks so when you look at the ones coming up of um of going to dover of going to you know the summer racing where we go short tracks and road courses um those are really the tracks that we need to hit on and do a very good job of because that's where we get our top 25s and get our top 20s um obviously the super speedways i think we've finished 24th and 25th now so those are good places for us um so really it's just um being able to execute his strategy correctly and do all those things to finish in the top 25 or sneak out the top 20 um, once or twice a year. Uh, but you look at the the Coke 600 and things like that, where if you can keep things going, have decent speed, you know, you can finish uh, in that same in that same category um, if you do things correctly and you execute. So it all comes down to execution. I know I keep on saying that, but it really does. Sure. Um, you realize it more as an owner than you do a driver. But, um, you know, when it comes to the mile and a half tracks, um, we've been a 32nd place car, um, sometimes 33rd. And we need to figure out a way to get to um, 30th or 31st. You know, that's really the top end of our budget of where we should be. And then um, after that, it's hopefully attrition, maybe a little strategy, whatever it is in there that gets us inside to get to the twenties um, in there. So, really, from on a half, it's getting into the you know breaking the twenty eighth, twenty ninth place finish. That's a win for us there. And then for short tracks, um, it should be twenty fifth or better uh, for a win for us. Anything after that is just um, it's gravy at that point. That's awesome. I love it, uh, Matt. Let's wrap it up with this. Tell everybody where they can follow you, the team, the sponsors. Give some plugs, all that good stuff. Absolutely. So um, myself, it's at Matt underscore Tift, T-I-F-F-T. Um, we do a show myself um, every Monday, Tuesday, yes. and oh, Thursday. I can't believe I forgot to ask you about that. Yeah, talk about yeah. that real quick if you if you got a minute. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's been fun. So we do a live show on Twitter um, every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday called Life in the Fast Lane Show um, with myself, my co- uh, my co-host, Keith Migra. And so that's a lot of fun. It's a one-hour show. So we talk about um, a little bit of racing, but mainly sports, pop culture, um, stuff going on. So it's a it's a fun show because you get to see who I really am. It's more of an unfiltered version of Matt, um, which is you know kind of cool to see different uh, beliefs and things and um, just stuff going on in my takes on. So um, I guess I'm going to um, really look at um, you know, trying to expand on that, but then also, um, what makes it fun is, you know, the, uh, the people I work with there, um, the whole Rickroll video that came out. Oh my God, week. that was great. <laughs> yeah. That, so that was off a dare of the 2000 retweets on it. So I'm a man of my word. I did it. I did it. Um, which was hilarious, extremely uncomfortable, but absolutely hilarious to make. Um, so I had a great time with it. It was fun to step outside my comfort zone with that. But um, anyways, you can find all that great content at, um, at Matt underscore Tift. And then um, same on Instagram, Facebook. And then for the team, um, every social media um, channel is at Team Live Fast. Even though we're Live Fast Motorsports, and it's just easier to type in at Team Live Fast. So yep. we did that. And, um, you know, we've got some really cool partners coming up um, over the summer. We've had some awesome partners this year. Um, we're really excited um, this weekend. Um, this, uh, as we're recording it, it, has not been announced yet, but it will be tonight, which will be yesterday when this thing comes out. So um, Celsius Energy Drink is going to be on the car um, as a primary sponsor in Kansas for their first ever sponsorship. So really excited about that. Um, I've been drinking their stuff for years and they've been a partner the whole year, but they stepped up to go take the primary spot. So uh, that'll be coming out through the socials all weekend. Uh, It's just fun, man. We've had a lot of fun with different partners, different people. And that's the cool part about being a small team is you really get to work with um, people one-on-one. There's no boards. There's no, you know, different director heads. It's just me. It's just me and them. And then on the competition side, it's BJ and them. Um, and so it's just, it's really cool. It's been really fun. That is so cool, man. Matt, it's been a great story to hear. Uh, it, it, it's great to have you back. Uh, it's great to have people talking about you, to see out there uh, and, and all that good stuff. I am so excited to watch this team and organization grow. Uh, and, and hopefully, like I said at the start, 100 shows don't go by before we catch up again. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and we're talking about your top 20 finishes, man. Um, it, it's, it's awesome. Thank you for being such a big supporter of the show too from from, uh, the early beginning here and into season five so uh, it's been awesome to get to know you over the last couple years and like I said I'm excited as all hell to watch this grow for you guys well, I appreciate that. Well, um, you like I said, it's just been a lot of fun um, going into this role, and I appreciate you guys having me on here. I'm sorry about the ratings hit that this will take, and um, <laughs> but no, seriously, congrats on the show and everything you guys have been doing. It's, uh, it's cool to see something like this going from the end of the season, so congrats to you guys, and I'm excited for y'all to uh, keep on doing this for a while and, and uh, keep on gaining on. So I'm proud of you guys, and, and happy to be on here with you. Appreciate you so much, man. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, huge thanks to Matt Tift owner live fast for calling into the show matt good luck this weekend the rest of the season and we'll talk to you soon brother stay healthy too all right thank you yep we'll see ya oh lap traffic nation how awesome was matt tift right there man just aw- what a great story uh one about his health uh so excited that he's you know doing great and it's like we had talked about it's crazy that f- you know a 15 minute episode basically you know took him off the track for for good um you know and that it's been almost a year that he's driven a street car you know driving to you know the grocery store like hasn't been able to do that which is just crazy so glad he's still a part of the sport 
What a great partnership. I had no idea of the relationship with him and BJ and, and that, you know, he was his mentor and all that when Matt first started getting going there. So great story. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Cannot wait to get Matt on uh, definitely sooner rather than later, for sure. Uh, right now, let's let's talk about this past weekend at Talladega, though. Uh, we'll start with the Xfinity Series race there because uh, no trucks. But... The trucks will be back this Saturday, May 1st. Little Saturday night truck racing. I'll take that all day. Uh, but like I said, Xfinity racing here. Jeb Burton. All right, so let's talk about this. Love the fact Jeb Burton gets his first win. Love the fact Colleg Racing picks up another win. You guys know how big a fan I am of Colleg Racing, as I know a lot of you guys are. So here's here's how I'll break this down. You know, all right, range shortened race, right? 23 laps to go. Was was Jeb going to win this thing? I mean, if if we're honest, if Jeb holds uh, Jeb holds on for another 22 laps, you know, Odds are he's the sitting duck, you know. So the question is, is it Austin Sindrick? Is it his teammate, A.J. Allmendinger? Is it Riley Hurst? Is it Ryan Sieg? Is it Noah Gregson? Brandon Brown? You know, all these guys were in the top 10 there. You know, who was it going to be? Um, you know, that we don't know, right? We, we could what if that to death. There was no big one. Who knows how many we may or may not have had, how many overtimes we would have had. I mean, these are all the uncertainties, right? I think NASCAR made the right call in calling it. Like, that track was going to take forever to dry. If it, you know, we lost the track quickly. You know, was it worth keeping everybody there for who knows how long for 23 laps? And, and we know there would have been wrecked race cars so the amount of money you know so i think the right call was made you know i love the fact we only had four cautions 15 laps you know that's the two stage breaks like there was no big one um I, there was solid racing you know like it wasn't all single file racing um so i love all that aspect like i mean that that's the when you think about plate racing the fact that we were able to end it under those conditions, I mean, to me, it, it it saved the race and made it a better race, knowing that we didn't have, you know, a bajillion wrecked race cars there. Now, I get that could be a very unpopular opinion. I understand that, and I can accept that, uh, but that's that's where I'm at with it. Uh, what I will also say is, is I, you know, we, we keep talking about the Cup Series in terms of the number of different winners. Um, we're basically at the same spot in the Xfinity series, seven winners, eight races versus nine winners and 10 races. Um, you know, I think that's fantastic. I love the parody. I know Dustin Albino loves that. I know we'll talk about that in a couple weeks when he's back on. Um, you know, we've had, all, you know, Ty Gibbs, Josh Berry, Jeb Burton. So not only have we had, you know, uh, different winners uh, throughout the Xfinity series, but first time career ever winners, which is great. We all know for whatever reason, Talladega is the track for guys to go out and get their first win at, whether it's cup or Xfinity, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the race. I, I, I love the fact that, uh, like I said, Jeb got the win. Kala got the win. I think that's fantastic. Uh, and, and I'll save some more Xfinity talk uh, with Studwell here in a minute, uh, as well as uh, Dustin here in a couple weeks. So let's talk about the cup race now. Brad Keselowski, the king. 
Penske, the king of Talladega. Uh, you know, when, when you look at Talladega, 11 wins for Ford in the last 14 races at Talladega. Brad Keselowski has had uh, probably, I, I, I know he's had a number of last lap passes at Talladega. I remember a couple years ago, he had to win at Talladega to advance in the playoffs and did it on a last lap pass. So uh, whatever it is, there is just something about Team Penske and Ford at Talladega. And how long will that trend continue? Who knows? But I absolutely love the fact that it's the trend that we're talking about. I think it's great. Um, you know, I, I, I've said it for weeks, you know, in terms of, the, you know, what powerhouse team's going to get the win. Um, you know, granted, uh, Penske's only got three drivers compared to SHR's four, HMS is four. I mean, if, if I'm being honest, I, you know, last couple of years, SHR hasn't had four different winners. Uh, I didn't think they were going to have four different winners this year, especially with Chase Briscoe's first year, Cole Custer's second year. Um, you know, so from all that, the fact that Penske was able to beat out Joe Gibbs and HMS to have four, or I'm sorry, three uh, winners, I've also been saying it for the last couple of weeks. I had it the exact opposite. I would have thought it would have been, you know, Brad, Joey, and Blaney in that order. And like I said, it was the exact opposite. It was Blaney, Joey, and Brad. Who would have thought Joey would have picked up the win at the Bristol Dirt Track? That's crazy. Um, you know, and who would have thought we're still waiting on Chase Elliott to get the win to complete the cycle for HMS, uh, you know, but I love that because, you know, we still have the faith and the hope to think that that's going to happen. So that's a few more winners. You know, we got to think Kevin Harvick's going to pick up a win too, you know, so now we're talking 10, 11, 12 uh, possible different winners, at least out there. And who knows what other surprises we may get at race 26 at Daytona. Who knows what we're going to maybe get uh, with with uh, the road courses that we still have a plethora of. So uh, anything is still possible, which I love the fact that that's a, a true statement and not a oversaturated statement. Um, I love Michael McDowell up there competing for it. Uh, I took him in lap traffic fantasy. I knew it was a gamble, but man, uh, he picked up the second most points, was up there fighting for it, uh, and that's, that's awesome. What I mean, could you imagine Twitter would have lost its damn mind? Michael McDowell picks up, and, and him and Truex are the only two-time winners in 2021. Could you imagine that headline? Um, that That's crazy. You know, Matt Benedetto was up there, had a shot at it. Sitting duck, you know, what, you know, I, I, I look forward to the day of Matt Benedetto, you know, uh, being able to be out front on a restart at a mile and a half because that's something that you can hold off. But when you've got two strong lines charging behind you and you got a block, you're either going to spin, you're going to spin, and the air's going to get taken out, and, and you're going to go around, or someone's going to clip you, someone's going to bump you. I mean, there's just so many variables that can happen uh, when we're talking about the last couple laps at, you know, Daytona and Talladega. Um you know, how about Kaz Gralla up there? Sixth place finish. Uh, Tyler Riddick, strong plate racer uh, in the Xfinity Series. And that's slowly starting to transition over into the Cup Series. Um, you know, uh, 
Harrison Burton was up there for a while, making his, uh, I think it was his cup debut, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, so many things to come out of Talladega, uh, and, and I thought it was great, you know. And, of course, you know, we got the Joy Logano situation, right, flipping uh, and, and going upside down, getting the air sucked from underneath them. And that's those are the things that suck. You know, if we could have a Talladega or a Daytona race, to where no cars left the ground and we weren't adding to, to Junior's uh, junkyard in terms of cars that get demolished, then, yeah, it'd be awesome. But the fact that that's not the case most times, unless it's like the Xfinity race where it's rain-shortened, then, you know, that that's that's what makes it a little unpalatable for me. Um, so I'll leave it with that. Uh, I put a, I, I've been horrible, and I apologize. I don't know. Maybe you guys miss it. Maybe you guys didn't give a shit. I don't know. But I had put a question out there to you guys to, to get a little extra involvement in terms of, you know, what, where would, how many, and where would your perfect uh, placements be for plate races on uh, the schedule? So let's get to some of your responses. Jeff at JBev1789. I'm not sure I need four of them anymore. You almost feel relieved that they're over and no one is hurt. It's tough racing. The racing is exciting, minus the uh, parade around the top. But still don't agree such a crapshoot should be the final regular season race. Uh, it's a form of racing. I want Cup to have multiple disciplines. But I think about this. We race Bristol and Martinsville. Really the only short tracks left as much as super speedways. Uh, most would take two more short tracks in place of super speedway races. Racing, I think the shorter races heighten the sense of urgency and eliminate some of the patience. I think that having some uh, long races is good and unique, but agreed shorter races would make them more action packed. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Jeff, man, I think you hit it on the head there. Uh, I don't need four. Uh, you know, when we look at the transition of where we've come with with the the road courses, you know, always just had two uh, for how many years? And, and now we've got six or seven, you know, so uh, I, I feel you there. I think we could get rid of two. I personally am with you in terms of not wanting Daytona to be the, the regular season finale. Um I get the excitement that NASCAR wants to create with that and creating that last possible Hail Mary from, you know, a possible team. Maybe, you know, maybe like an Eric Almarola who maybe doesn't have a win or maybe he's on the bubble. Uh, maybe like uh, Ross Chastain, you know, maybe he's able to sneak one in, you know, and I get that aspect of, of having that last race to where your field isn't set and that there can be a shakeup with your last regular season race. I get that from NASCAR's perspective. So I'm okay with that. I can buy into that. Um, let's see here. Woodleaf at C Wood Run 32. Uh, I tend to filter a lot of these races through how much of the race is a complete waste of time. A lot of these tracks and races get better if you cut these events in half. And maybe I've grown too fond of the Formula One style length, but why do we need 80% of the race just to be a filler so we can wait until the end? Cutting down the time would create any amazing sense of urgency where you just can't sit there for 300 miles and chill. Dude, I am with you 100%. And again, I, I, I got to play devil's advocate here. And to that, I would say... The, you know, the 90% of the races that we're sitting at home, yeah, you know, do we need 400? Do we need 500? Maybe not. 
But when you're charging $100 a ticket plus infield camping or camping fees, you know, outside of the track, add in the fact that we've only got one day shows, you know, like, all right, we, we got to make sure we're giving the value uh, of the bang for the buck. You know, it's it's most of these tracks aren't like your metropolitan, you know, areas where you've got, you know, your Detroit Lions, your Detroit Pistons, your Detroit Tigers, your Detroit Red Wings, that from a, a metropolitan area, you can drive in quick, get out quick. You know, it is, it's a time commitment and, and all that, you know. So I get having the longer races. I've been saying for years since they come out with the new system, you know, if we're going to manufacture excitement, if you will, with the stages and, and all that, they need to be flipped. Your shorter stage should be your last stage, not your longest stage, you know, because that's where you get, you know, the, the you know, single file around Talladega, you know. And, yeah, who wants to sit and watch through that? Thankfully, there's Twitter to keep us entertained from some perspective or another. But, uh, yeah, I, I totally feel where you're coming from, 100%. Um, let's see here. Scott at 1985 Wagner. I like Daytona book ending regular season. No driver can points race. Uh, man, yeah, I mean, just that's basically, you know, kind of what I recapped uh, just a second ago. Like, you're obviously going to have Daytona open, and I totally get where they're coming from with having that be race 26. Uh, Lisa at LL Chanana, uh, they can drop the second Daytona race, but I don't see them doing it. Talladega, I would say drop one of those also, but I think that would set the fandom off like an atomic bomb, so I don't see that happening either there are some great tracks out there that i might offer should be added see that's the thing like you know i look at, at michigan we lost a race this year and i totally get why we lost a race this year you know maybe we'll get a second race back who knows you know i'd be okay with you know i i i, I said this a while ago I understand the the needing to to switch the schedule. I think it's great that they switch the schedule around as drastically as they did. I love that we're adding tracks, but when you add, you got to take. Um, you know, so let's you know get the excitement out there for the new tracks. And you know, hey, maybe Michigan will get a second race every third year. I am totally cool with that. There are certain tracks: Bristol, Martinsville, Daytona. Guarantee two races every year, you know, but, you know, like I said, if we rotated some, I, I think that would be great. I think that would create extra excitement. I think that would create buzz. If I knew, hey, I better go to the Michigan June race or the August June race whenever they want to put it on the schedule because I'm not getting a second one that'll put more butts in the seats. And, and I think that's great. I love all of that. So I'll, I'll sum up. My takeaway, thank you, by the way, to all the, the tweeted responses there. You know, Daytona has to start the season. That's just a given. Uh, in, in my perfect world, we'd only have two plate races, the one at Daytona, one at Talladega. Uh, if I'm continuing in my perfect world, since I know NASCAR wants to have a plate race in the playoffs so that the playoffs have each style of track we go to, I'd put Talladega in the playoffs, but I'd have it be the first race of the playoffs so that in Again, my perfect world. You have the option of, of possibly one of the bottom guys that could maybe advance to the next round uh, with, with that long shot win if it's the round of 16 with the plate race at Talladega. Uh, you know, and I get that's not going to be the case. But if you had Daytona race one um, and like I said, that, that's got to be it. Now, if we had to have three my perfect world would be Daytona race one, Daytona race 26, 
Talladega race 27, first race of the playoffs. Could you imagine back-to-back plate races to end the regular season and to start the playoffs? That would be one hell of a buzz there, and I, I could buy into that. That I absolutely could. So, all right. That's enough there. Uh, running a little long here, but I think that was awesome with uh, all the content Matt Tift provided. Uh, let's keep things rolling. Let's get to a little lap traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, YouTube, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. If you've made it this far into the show, how about a review? Uh, tell all your friends they can listen on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite hosting sites. You can even tell Alexa to play the Lap Traffic Podcast. The giveaway, less than 115 away from that Clint Boyer diecast and some Lap Traffic swag. And got some new follower shoutouts. Ashley at AZ Sports underscore DI9 fan. Chase Elliott fan from Arizona. Man, I'm hoping to make it out to Phoenix this year. I hope I have a reason to make it out to Phoenix. Let's put it that way. Um... If Kevin Harvick's in that final four, I am there. P.H. Uh, Harper at uh, Let88, Bowman fan from Rhode Island. That's awesome. Josh at Toyota Racing 83, big Toyota fan from Kentucky. But, Josh, you also got Maddie D listed on that uh, fan page there, which I love. Uh, and Kevin at Kevin T48, NASCAR fan from Mississippi. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for the follow. Hope you enjoy. Uh, and like I said, tell your friends. Uh, the store is out there on the website. Got some awesome new merch, uh, some T-shirts, hoodies, very soft, comfortable material. It's like giving yourself a lap traffic hug. Go check that out. And, of course, I've got free stickers and koozies. All you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, and I will send you one for free. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, Got to give another plug to Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use code LAPPED, L-A-P-P-E-D, at checkout. Get 20% off and free shipping on your order. All right. Let's get Mr. Aaron Studwell on the line. All right. Lap Travic Nation joining me on the line. You can follow him on Twitter at RaceWeather, along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. Keeping us up to date on uh, the busy weather we've had going on in 2021, it's Mr. Aaron Studwell, Dr. Aaron Studwell. Sir, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well on yourself. Oh, I'm awesome. Uh, I mean, we had a we had a 15-minute pre-record uh, meeting, so, you know, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see which goes longer, this record or the pre-race. <laughs> And the best part of it, it wasn't even show prep. No, it we wasn't at all. <laughs> I gave you another show idea. You did. Oh, <laughs> you did. <laughs> oh, Lindsay's. I think Lindsay. I hear Lindsay firing up the oh. jet. She's coming down to beat me up in Oklahoma. <laughs> I tell you what. She is. As long as it would, if if a second completely unrelated show like if i start up the blank podcast uh, is it would have to generate revenue if it generated revenue she'd be okay with it i think um but man yeah i and i i tell you what it was a great idea and we're going to keep this under wraps uh, until i look into it further and then at some point i'll either say hey do you remember back on episode 237 studwell and i teased a, a different show here's what it is and a it's either coming or b no it's not coming but man hmm 
And there's some there's some crossover. Let's just say that there is Ooh, cross. That's a good point. There is crossover. Uh, so we'll see. And it's not wrestling. I will kill that bird right there, <laughs> as everybody would think it might be, because it's everybody knows that's like the next one is wrestling, and it's not that. So I'll just put that out there right now. Um, Wow. All right. We'll see what happens there. Stay <laughs> tuned for that teaser. Yes. Uh, what's been up to, man? Uh, what, what, what are, what's, what's, what's new baseball? We got the draft. I didn't even mention that at the pre-show or at the open of the show, like the draft Thursday. I'll be tuning in. Uh, I will be tuning in. I, I've just seen to be last year. I watched some football. wasn't really into it. I watched the Super Bowl. I think it was because of a lot of the COVID sure. and the COVID uncertainty. And then everything was late. And what are we going to do? And now we actually kind of the college football season. We're going to have a draft. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to really just seeing how these teams build and watching to see how the Jets can mess it up again. Well, Jets, Lions, right? So here's where I'm at with the draft. Like, you know, for the last, you know, if, if we take out 2020, you know, for the last eight, nine years, I met a group of like six, seven regulars at the bar that we used to walk to uh, for draft night. Uh, the, the owner would bring in, because uh, he does a lot of advertising on the local uh, Detroit sports radio station. So they'd bring some radio guys in, uh, you know, the owner would collect, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, swag from the, the beer and the liquor reps over the year and, and use that as giveaways, you know, those big, you know, big bar mirrors and, and golf bat, you know, you name it, give it away on draft night and, and it draw, it, it would draw a huge crowd. And, you know, obviously, Last year with COVID, you know, they weren't even open. So we did a, uh, you know, we did a Zoom draft party that all the guys that we would meet up with. Well, now that it's back open, uh, I will be back at 24 seconds on Thursday. Uh, So if you're in Metro Detroit, want to come say hello to the professor. Come to 24 Seconds in Berkeley, and, and I'll be there. And, you know, I wish there was a bigger Metro Detroit following because I'd even say I'll bring some stuff to give away. But I know the odds on that are, are slim to none. So, um, Well, you know, but, we've got followers, and you've got followers. And I think between the two of us, we have 20,000, 22,000 followers. That's pretty cool. I, I know there's some overlap. But, there is, yes. Um, but I think we can promote that, and I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'd that love to see so pictures cool. from that. That would be amazing. If anybody came up and it's like, hey, I'm a live traffic fan, like that would be so cool. I'd lose my shit. Here's a sticker. Yeah, here's a <laughs> And a koozie. <laughs> yeah, a sticker. You know, you're going all out there. Yep. yep. Uh, all right, so we got to talk about the Lions here. So uh, I, I looked at a mock draft earlier today, and I, I you know, and uh, you know, mock drafts are, are dime a dozen, right? And I get that. But one did on, you look at mine? I have a mock draft. No, I did not see your mock draft. Uh, but I did see CBS's mock draft that has the Lions trading with the New England Patriots so that the Patriots can get the seventh pick overall for Trey Lawrence. And I'm like, 
I, I think that's genius because then it's got the Lions having three first round picks in 2022. And we all know this year is going to be, you know, hey, I mean, when aren't the Lions rebuilding? Uh, you know, we're <laughs> rebuilding. You know, we've got, uh, you know, we we got rid of Matt Stafford and, and um, you know, so we, uh, shit, I'm drawing a blank on who we even acquired with that uh, with that move there. Um but, you know, so it's got the Lions dropping down to 15th and taking yep. Devontae Smith, uh, wide receiver from Alabama. And I'm like, you know what? I think the I love the irony there that they trade with the Patriots, who we had, you know, Patricia and Quinn from. And yes. I, I just I, I love that irony. I could see that shaking out. And I'm okay with that. Like, why wouldn't we want three first-round picks that we can take two tight ends and a running back with next year? I mean, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, no I, I, you definitely does it there at all. Yes, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've seen that you guys are going to get the uh, Alabama wide receiver as well, and I and that's on the pro football PFF pro football, not fantasy. Uh, whatever this is, pff.com. It, they do a lot of uh, like analysis type stuff. Yeah, that's what you're taking Devontae Smith at seven. Right, yeah. So if you can get him at 15 and get an extra yeah. trade pick, yeah. why not? So. I, I I just don't. And I, if, I'm the, if I'm the Patriots, I, I would rather – okay, this is me. I would rather have Mac Jones, knowing the offense they run, yeah. Knowing how New England runs an offense, I would rather have Mac Jones knowing he's gone up, even if he's a game manager who, you know, he's he's at he's pretty athletic. Yeah. He's intelligent and he's played against real high level competition versus Lance, who very athletic, but I'm not convinced. You know, the competition he's seen is going to be, you know, I think that you've seen quarterbacks come in. Specifically from North Dakota State, but from um, F- FCS schools, and they're just generally overmatched. I mean, there are exceptions. Sure, I get my, my biggest question with New England is: is you know when is Belichick going to step away, and who's going to be the next guy? And you know, do you want that guy to get your quarterback, or do you want Belichick to get your quarterback and to have a year or two with him? I think that's my biggest. Like, what's the next direction for the New England Patriots? Because it's, it's, I mean, it's been a dynasty for twenty years. You know, wh- where's the next step, and who do you want to have? Who, who do you want in charge of drafting your supposed? next guy like knowing that you're never going to fill the shoes of tom brady like the odds of drafting that 201st pick and getting five super bowls six super bowls out of them like that's not happening again you know so who do you want making that next call well it's like you know you talk about with college football i'll go to the college football example you have coaches like you don't want to be the guy who replaced but this is a great example, Bo or Woody Hayes. You don't want to be Gary Moeller. No. You want no. to be Lloyd Carr. No. You want to be the guy who replaced the guy. Absolutely. You don't want to be Rich Rod because we're still battling from that. Yes. And you don't want to be Cam Newton, but you want to be the guy who replaces Cam Newton. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's talk about. Uh, the weather this past weekend at Talladega. Uh, Sunday was great. Uh, oh, I know you. Friday, you could not have dialed up. Or, a I'm bet, sorry. Could not have 
dialed up a better day on Sunday. That was so nice yeah. to be able to sit and watch the race. And just not have to worry about it. Now, yes. Saturday, you know, we knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. Uh, I, from the sounds of things, based on Newdorf's conversation him and I had uh, last week, it sounds like it held off a little longer, uh, which was good. Ex- yeah, exactly. And if you look at back through what I had written in my tweets or go back and look at the previous forecasts, and you'd say, yeah, I was a little less optimistic. I'm surprised, really, that the rain moved out as fast as it did in the morning, that the ARCA race started pretty close on time. I, th- I think maybe even on time. Yep. I know they moved the Xfinity race up, what, five minutes? Yeah, yeah. I, I laugh when I see that stuff. Like, like, like really? Wow. That you, you're, I mean, now, to be fair, here's the thing. If they had moved it up, now, granted, this is assuming all parallels being yes. equal and that there's not a big one. But if you had moved it up 15 to 20 minutes, if we're just talking about the amount of time it would have taken to complete 23 laps, then maybe you can finish it. But you have to make the assumption at Talladega that, you know, with 10, 5, you're going to get a wreck and then you're under red flag, potentially whatever, you know. So now you're talking yeah. about needing maybe 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. But you because know. at the end of the race, may, they may not be racing as hard because the radar is not as cluttered then. Sure. Yep. And yeah. now you're racing really hard with eight to go. Yeah, there's yeah, so many variables at play Agreed. Uh, in, yeah. in that situation. But if we're just looking at the 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 time variable being held constant, um, you know, that's that's where we're at from that situation. I, I feel like I'm back in one of my physics classes. Right, I know. Class. Right, I'm, talking about and the I'm time, thinking stats. Hold like, <laughs> yeah, hold the time variable constant. Right, like, yes. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, all right. So we're headed to Kansas this week. We got a truck race Saturday night, cup race on Sunday. How are we looking? Um, look, Sunday looks beautiful. Uh, breezy, but sunny skies. Uh, so we have an ARCA race early. We have a truck race 630 local. So it'll be a day to night race. Uh, gorgeous. Um, windy, increasing winds from the south, uh, mid high to mid 70s. So Saturday, check. We're good. Excellent. Sunday, I'm going to say right now, as we sit here right now, check. We are good. However, is frontal system west part of the state, all the models show rain, thunderstorms moving in after sunset. Okay. I'm going to say that timing does not change. So if you go to my forecast tonight, you're going to read – you just read the forecast line. It's going to be increasing clouds high in the mid seventies. Done. I like it. If you go to the discussion page, you're going to say, Hey, we got a little <laughs> bit of a chance of this. It's going to be monitored. I'd rather put it out there and say, Hey, look, we're watching it, it right now. We're not seeing it till later. It's a 400 mile race with a really dumb name. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're going to be fine. It's a two o'clock local start, three o'clock Eastern. 400 miles we should be good by hours between the end of the race and the start of the rain excellent i love so that. i that's going to be the written down forecast i love it so you go to the web page and we will have a web page surprise next week i 
Ooh. Yeah, Look yeah. Maybe, spoilers. maybe you can squeeze. Maybe we can. You can squeeze me in as long as well as Mr. Newdorf. Oh, hey. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down for whatever. Let's. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll touch base next week. We will. Uh, Thank you. All right. Uh, gotta end it with this. I love the irony in this. In the um, lapped traffic weather man head to head lap traffic fantasy battle how's that for a title um you have four wins to brian's six wins in the head to head between the two of you but 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 you sit 47th in standings to his 51 so he is either on point or he just sucks ass uh to where you just are a little bit more consistent in the points so uh yeah consistent what's better you want these really high highs and really low lows right or consistently mediocre right uh fortunately i will just say you know in in three more weeks uh we're resetting so <laughs> so there's that um all right lap traffic nation make sure you follow aaron on twitter at race weather along with mr brian newdorf at nascar underscore wxman sir it was great to catch up with you and uh yeah let's let's see what we need to do for next week and uh, we'll talk to you soon yes great as always love being on the show it's a great time thanks for having me uh, of course ma'am all right we'll talk to you soon later see ya all right, Lab Traffic Nation, great catching up with Mr. Aaron Studwell there. Let's keep things rolling. Let's get to this week's Lucky Dog and Lap Down Picks. You guys know the drill. After race weekend, you can tweet your Lucky Dog picks. I'll read them, tag you guys after the show, or if you're feeling... Uh you know, creative, and you want to call the Wave Around hotline, 248-965-9538. You can leave your picks there, and I'll play them on the show. Uh, I'm going to get right into my picks. i got a couple lucky dogs that I think are deserving this week. I mean, Michael McDowell, of course, is deserving of a lucky dog. Jeb Burton is, of course, deserving of a lucky dog. And my lap traffic fantasy picks are deserving of a lucky dog, and you'll find out why in just a couple minutes. Um, My lap down is just the irony behind when cautions come out and when we're at commercials and i don't think i need to say anything else about that let's get to your tweeted responses scott at 1985 wagner's lucky dog bubba wallace uh self records a fast and furious scene and wins the stage good call i love that that's fantastic uh at joey logano for uh being an in-car for bubba's video i love it jeff at jbev 1789 lucky dog Dog, man, thought MC Driver was going to go two for two. Showed the Daytona 500 win wasn't a fluke. Lap down, really have to figure out a way to keep these cars on the ground. Matter of inches with Bubba. Capped that from being a very bad crash for Joey. 100%, sir. Uh, Brian at Stormin' B81. Lucky dog. Team underscore FRM. Great showing. Lap down. Chase Elliott's pit crew. They can't do a fast pit stop to save their lives. Uh, something tells me they're going to get that dialed in very soon jess at iowa nascar fan lucky dog the fact we didn't have a wreck fest in either race of the weekend lap down fox's tv coverage with all the commercials and super zoomed in shots feel you there rowdy at the rowdy dragons lucky dog the 34 car michael mcdowell proving that he is for real on the super speedway lap down the 48 team still proving that chevy still cannot make a lawnmower running from first to worst in a week's time that's funny uh Eddie at Eddie 
underscore EG3's lucky dog, Jeff Burton. First career win in the Xfinity Series. The call of dominance continues in Alabama. A lap down to Benedetto. Another missed opportunity to close one out at Dega. Elisa at LL Chinana's a lucky dog, Gralla from Boston, y'all, for finishing top five in a NASCAR race. A lap down. Bubba's underwear after watching Logano's car come flying at him. 100%. Love that. Mick at Go Ducks, 42 underscore Mix. Lucky dog. Brad K had trouble early. Bounce back for the win. Lap down. The five team mistakes like that can happen. Uh, Matthew at CH9SE fans. Lucky dog. Joey for crying about his baby flip. Uh, lucky dog. Bubba for taking the 22 to face and still running strong all day. Also, shout out to Matt Collick for being awesome. Hashtag Jeb wins. Love that. Uh, let's see. Ryan at Ryan Voles, the lucky dog. Kaz Growler for sixth place run. And Collick for a great race weekend. Lap down 22 for being wrecked when he had a great car to contend for the win. All right. Those are your tweeted responses. Let's get to your calls on the Wave Around Hotline. Hi, Brandon. It's Matt at Camper News Net. What an incredible uh, race at Talladega. Um, I thought last week uh, that this race was going to be a wild card race, and anybody who was in that this, that field today had a shot at winning this race, and that was what happened. Uh, Brad Keselowski, thanks for that overtime finish, last slap pass to win the race, and finally, finally, Brad Keselowski gets his first win of the year it took 10 races but he finally got the win and finally we can say team penske is the first team overall to have every driver win at least one race this year that's you know something i never thought would happen where we could have you know different drivers uh in different teams and maybe somebody would be shut out this year in a team but Team Penske finally got it done today, and uh, six win at Talladega for Brad Keselowski, and a last lap pass. That was just an incredible finish, in my personal opinion. I absolutely loved the race. It was absolutely unpredictable today. So, anyway, my lucky dog, and I got, as a matter of fact, three lucky dogs this week. First, Brad Keselowski finally getting his first win of the year. Took 10 races, and we have nine winners in 10 races. That's, I never thought that would come in a million years. That's just unbelievable. The racing is absolutely competitive in the Cup Series this year, and, you know, uh, who knows what's going to happen the rest of the, se the regular season. We're going to have more than 16 winners. I mean, at this point, could be a possibility. Uh, my other lucky dog this week is going to go to Jeb Barron for his first career win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series at Talladega yesterday. Yes, it got rain shortened, but absolutely well-deserved for Jeb Burton. And my third and final lucky dog this week is going to go to William Byron. He had that wreck at the end of the second stage, came back from that, Recovered very well. Got a second-place finish. That's just absolutely incredible and well-deserved for William Byron and his entire team. I have no lap downs this week, and um, that enjoy your week as always. Brandon, Lap Trapping Nation, I'll talk to you next weekend after the race at Kansas. Thank you so much, Brandon. Take care. Bye. 
Hey, Matt, thanks so much for calling in, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, you know, when uh, you talk about Kozlowski and, and completing that, uh, the, the wins for Team Penske, you know, I talked about it a little bit ago in, in terms of, you know, that's just the dominance stamp, right? Like, um, you know, was it going to be HMS, you know, and granted they've got one extra driver, Stuart Haas is one extra driver, you know, but when we look at the powerhouse teams in a year where we have had so much parody and we've sent so many different drivers to victory lane, uh, you know, that that's, that's got to add a little swag over there at team Penske, you know, just to be able to say, Hey, I mean, you know, if we're being realistic about it, are all three Team Penske drivers going to make the playoffs? Yes. Uh, so the fact that they've got that swagger, those bragging rights are huge. And it's stuff like that that momentum seems to, to be a playing factor when we're talking about racing at any level. And and I, I love that aspect of it, that they were the first to do it. Because, you know, those would have been great prop bets to have i've said it for the last couple weeks you know you know if i had to place bets on who was going to win first for team penske i would have had it the exact opposite of the way it played out uh you know same with hms you know i would have thought chase elliott would have carried that momentum and picked up the first win for hms and here he is the last guy still waiting to get that win and then we're you know when you look at what toyota with denny hamlin specifically kevin harvick with shr last year you know those would have been the first two guys i would have thought got wins after you know the daytona 500 because obviously that's a you know a, a who knows what could happen there, right? As we saw, you know, and, and those two are still waiting for their first win, you know, and at this point I would say Denny's going to get his well before Kevin Harvick is going to get his just based on, you know, the, the, the sheer consistency that Denny Hamlin has showed over the, the, the first 10 races here versus what Kevin Harvick's done. You know, Kevin Harvick showed up pretty strong for the first three races, uh, but those were some wild cards, uh, in my opinion, especially the first two when you look at Daytona um, and when you look at the road course. You know, Harvick's picked up a couple road course wins, but he's never been a dominant road course racer. Um, you know, so I think him and what? McDowell were the only three to have or the only two to have three top tens to start start the season out and and that's trickled off you know so uh it's going to be interesting to see uh how that all plays out as as uh we we get to race 26 in the regular season for sure uh all right got a couple more for you let's get them going on the wave around hotline hi brandon it's Kristen Hagelin, k Hagelin 79 i'm calling you from the grandstands at talladega it was a beautiful day for a race I'm going to give my lucky dog pick to McDowell and to Benedetto for both having a great finish and lap down to Denny Hamlin for double penalties and pretty much just sucking it up the whole day, which makes me happy. Um, can't wait till I can get back to another race, and it's been a great day here. See you later. Bye. Oh, Kristen, thank you so much for calling in from the track. I absolutely love getting calls from the track. Thank you for taking the time out. Thank you for remembering uh, the Wave Around hotline. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, so glad you had a great time. And, hey, uh, McDowell, I mean, he's he's racked up week high in terms of lucky dog picks this week. That's for sure. I love it. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy when someone that doesn't win the race gets that, and, and McDowell definitely 
Kelly has gotten a ton more votes this week than Kozlowski. That's awesome. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate you. Uh, let's get to the last call. You know who it is. It's the voice of the Wave Around Hotline. What's going on, Lock Traffic Nation? Voice of the Wave Around Hotline at Racing Cans post Talladega. Don't really have much to say. Not a big super speedway racing fan, so I'll say this. Lucky dog, as always. Safety. Lucky dog Joey Logano for dropping the net, walking away from that. Lucky dog Bubba Wallace, Chase Briscoe for not hitting him in a vulnerable position. And lap down. And let's just give none this week just because. Fuck yeah, to Kansas. Oh, it's a quick call from uh, Mr. Andrew Kansian this week and a late one that came in late this afternoon. Uh, so appreciate your brother. Yes, we know. I, I'll be honest. Uh, wasn't sure what we were going to get from you this week with uh, being the, the super speedway, uh, but you kept it pretty tame. Uh, I think last week you threatened that I was going to have to get the, uh, the bleep button ready, which I didn't have to do. So uh, that makes my job easy. Uh, looking forward to your call next week. Uh, all right. That is going to do it for this week's Lucky Dog and Lap Down segment. Strong this week. I love it. Thank you, guys. Keep them coming. Appreciate you. And look forward to next week's Lucky Dog Lap Down. All right, Lap Traffic Nation. Let's end this thing with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LTFantasy. There are only three more races to go for segment one. We're going to crown a winner. We're going to start segment two. We're going to start the cumulative stuff. All that good stuff is going to come into play here in just a couple weeks. So things are heating up in Lap Traffic Fantasy. But right now, joining me on the line, he's been a longtime follower of the show, longtime Lap Traffic Fantasy player. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg White at four. It's Greg White at Greg. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, man. Doing good. Long time no talk. Yes, sir. Great to have you back on the show, man. Uh, listen, uh, let's let's start with this. What would you think of Talladega this past weekend? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I didn't get to see a whole lot of it because we had the family out to like doing some fishing, but I had the serious radio on and uh, listened to it all. I got I came home and watched overtime. Oh, man. But, um, fishing and I'll listening what, to a NASCAR race uh, sounds good to me. Well, you know, we we had the, uh, the little portable speaker out there and uh, had it turned up nice where I could hear it all. Had a bunch of lines in the water. Kids were catching some little uh, sunfish, bluegill. Awesome. Good time. Actually, it sounded like a, it sounded, sounded pretty intense there for a while. Yeah, it, it, it did. It, you know, it, it had its moments as a Talladega plate race would and all that. Uh, listen, so you were, I think, second. No, all right, let me rephrase that. You were third high this week for week high. Uh, our week high uh, in Lap Traffic Nation, I got to just tell you this because I think it's awesome, um, it was by John Etwinsel, who lives in Australia. So there's a Lap Traffic Fantasy player, loves the show in Australia. Uh, obviously, that was a little hard to get things to work from a time perspective with the time zone difference. I was second high week points for like the second or third week in a row. I keep missing bonus points by a point or two. Uh, but next up was Greg. Uh, Greg, 91 points out of Daytona with two races, solid day. Uh, who did you have this week? On this last weekend at Talladega? Yeah. I'm sorry, I had, uh, I had, let's see, 
Oh, geez. Put me on the spot. Oh, sorry. Um, I should have wrote it down myself. <laughs> I should have probably been ready for this, too. Uh, I can't remember who it was I had. Uh... Oh, shoot. You know, I was just looking well, at the standings earlier. All right. I tell you what. Um, I will we'll, we'll kill time with this while I look it up. Uh, tell, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm looking at it, what, too. <laughs> uh, what, what, you know, you've been in the league a long time. You've seen it shift. Uh, you know, what do you think of the new the new format this year with the bonus points and, and, and how the league's developed over the years? Well, I mean, um, it, it's still interesting. And I like that uh, you're finding different ways to keep it interesting. I mean, the signal format, uh, just like it always does, I think that's perfect. Um, especially given, you know, you want to keep people interested. This is not a season long you know, keep the high score. Right. Well, and it's uh, hard, too, when it's, you know, it's a free league. Granted, the trophies are badass. I think you have one, and you can speak to that. Uh, I have two. Yeah, see, there you go. You know, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a matter of keeping keeping it interesting in a league that doesn't have money on the line, which I get as a challenge. So, you know, we've had a few people drop off in segment one, and, and hopefully they pick back up as, as things go on. Uh, but uh, so you had Byron and Cindric for 91 points. I had Cindric and McDowell for 95 points. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, man, solid week this past week. Yeah, it was a good week. Uh, I just felt like I felt like Byron was going to be able to do some good at the, with the play tag. And uh, Cindric, well, let's just say he's not a real bad choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, Cindric is the <laughs> so, is the Xfinity to. I mean, and hey, it's Penske. And when you think plate racing nowadays, you got to think of Team Penske. So. Well, I, that's for sure. Uh, unfortunately, I used both of my Penske cars that were the you know the top two. I believe I've used all three of them. Um, I, I could have used Matty D, but I just thought he'd be awesome. No, I, I hear you. All right, man. I'm going to reset our point standings here, and then we'll get to some picks. Lap Traffic Nation, currently your top 10 uh, for segment one with three races to go. Uh, Fred LeClaire holding on strong with 900. Uh, John Entwinsel is, is right behind in second place with 890. Henry Fletcher in third with 886. Jess Rose in fourth with 880. Michael Mason in fifth with 873. Lap Traffic Nation, who would have thought me, the Lap Traffic Podcast, tied for six with Michael from the Blind Spot Podcast with 857. Uh, Brad Carnes and the MOATF Podcast tied in seventh with 851. CJ Wolliver from Fox in eighth with 843. Michael Elliott in ninth with 840. And Pete Kervin wraps out the top 10 with 839. And from a bonus points perspective, it's Henry Fletcher and John Entwinsel with three. Uh, Andrew Sherwin at the PETM podcast. Brett Morris, Brian Hall, Brian Newdorf, Carson Haglin, Don James, Eddie Greer at the EG3 podcast. Uh, Glenn Atkins, Haynes Perkins, Joseph Scapino, and Stephanie Holler all have two bonus points. So, Bonus points are uh, at a premium. They are not easy to come by. We'll see if we can add a few more to that there, sir. Uh, Greg, what do you say? You ready to make some picks? 
Sure, let's do it. All right, Lat Traffic Fantasy players, we are headed to the Midwest and are going to Kansas, where there's been a pretty unique group of winners, both by drivers and manufacturers, over the last 10 races at Kansas. Uh, let's see here. Toyota has five wins. Ford has three wins. Chevy has two wins. Of our drivers still looking for a win. Denny Hamlin's got three wins at Kansas. Chase has a win. Harvick's got three wins. Kyle Busch has a win. Some solid numbers from guys still looking to get their first win through 10 races in 2021. Can we get race number 10 through 11 races? Will we get a repeat winner? We'll find out this weekend. But first, it is time for our picks. Greg, I'll start with you. Who is your pick for the truck race on Saturday night? I do believe I will have to take Sheldon Creed. Sheldon Creed. I think he's going to be a solid pick this week. I like that. Uh, I am going to go with Austin Hill. I think Austin's had a quiet season so far this year. Uh, he likes the big mile-and-a-half track, so I'm looking for Austin Hill to pick up some points. Uh, and for the Cup Series, who does Greg Whited have? Given the fact that I have not played the field the smartest with my playoff, I believe I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. He's kind of slacked off a little bit here lately, but I think it's about time for him to uh, come back alive. So, Greg... So, we're, we're going to give the five a win for the third on Chevrolet. I, I got to tell you, my I, t I said a couple weeks ago I was waiting for Kyle Larson to have a bad week. And after that, I was going to pick him. He had his bad week. So Kyle Larson is my pick as well. I hope I don't jinx you, sir, so that you can uh, <laughs> to, to make a little movement this week and, and climb up into the standings where you definitely belong. <laughs> Well, I tell you, in the first couple of years, we were going to the second segment and got second in the uh, overall. And then I was up high second or third this year early. Yes, you were. Yeah, you were and up then there. I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, good luck this weekend, and, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, we'll see ya. Oh, Lap Traffic Nation. Man. Oh, this show just felt strong this week. I don't know why, but it just felt like a strong show. I love it. I can't believe I'm in the top 10 in lap traffic fantasy after Talladega. That's huge for me. I love it. That is going to do it for episode 237 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. Follow on Twitter at LapTrafficPC. Go get over to manscaped.com. Use code LAP to check out for some great discounts. Don't forget about the giveaway, less than 115 to go. Huge thanks to Matt Tiff, Aaron Studwell, Greg Whited for calling in. Next week, I'm so pumped about this. Spencer Boyd is going to be back on the show. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya!